but we're glad you came. I know uh, it's always tricky at Christmas Eve because so many of our families do it, people do everywhere. They travel out of state to see family or they have family traditions on Christmas Eve. And so we never know with all of the plans. And we had so many, you know, extra plans in the church this year that even unpacked in the days and the weeks. Every week we had somebody else who was a part of our plans. Oh, we have this trip all of a sudden now. And, you know, teens out, uh, work schedules change. Uh, part of our worship team got sick this weekend and uh, lost a couple uh, uh, parts there. And so I, you never know what to expect. But look at, we have all, the, all of you here today. The seats are full. But some extra seats in the back. That's nice. Uh, thank you for uh, coming out and sharing Christmas Eve with us. It's special when we can uh, do that together. And I enjoyed the kids uh, beating on the drums. Um, to the little drummer boy, one of my favorite Bible stories. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyhow, we are going to, um, Mom and Dad, our th we thought as a gift to all of you, we would send um, the drums home as a Christmas gift so that they can play those day and night and um, our, our thoughtfulness to your household. So anyhow, um, but no, seriously, they're gonna, kids are going to join us again at the end of the service. They're going to come up here and help us with our closing song, singing this time. And, uh, but anyhow, we're glad you're here. So I want to take a few minutes and just remember what we've been celebrating this year. Because Christmas is a special, special time. And I know that as we get into um, this, this evening that for many of us, Christmas feels different than it, than it may for others. For some of us, we just love it all, the, the, the lights and the decorations and the, the presents and the Christmas music and the Christmas movies. But I also realize that for so many, some of that Christmas magic isn't what it used to be. And that could be for so many reasons. Maybe you're not little anymore, waiting for the the gifts under the tree, or maybe you're not raising little ones anymore, enjoying them, putting, you know, opening presents. Perhaps your house is a little emptier than it used to be, or maybe you lost someone. Someone passed away, or someone moved away, or someone just left you. Um, or perhaps life has happened, the grind has caught up. And so for some of us, sometimes we walk into Christmas, and maybe we're honest with each other, maybe we're not, but for so many people, the struggle is, that it just doesn't feel like it used to, to me. And I get that. I understand that. But what I appreciate that we can lean forward into as people of faith is we can lean into a greater meaning for Christmas than all of those other things. We can lean into what Jesus came to do, celebrating the birth of Christ, the greatest gift ever given, and find some spiritual ideals that can be with us no matter what it's like in our personal lives or in the family around us or not around us. And so I love all of it. I love the lights and the decorations and the music and the movies and all the, the glitter and the fun. But if the commercialization of the culture of Christmas around you doesn't do it for you or doesn't do it for you anymore, I hope that what we celebrate at church is something that helps you come together on a night like tonight and remember that no matter how you feel, there can be something special about this time of year. So one thing we did as a church this year is we celebrated, um, for the first time, we've ever focused on Advent. We've never really made Advent a centerpiece of our tradition, but we did this year. And we went ahead and talked about the different themes of hope and joy and peace and love. And every year, week we had someone else in, in both our services in the mornings, someone else from the congregation read a passage of Scripture from those themes and, and light the candles. 
And uh, tonight we're going to, later in, in a little bit here, we're going to have Carly's going to come and light the Christ candle, and we're going to then take some time to um, read the Christmas story together of the birth of Jesus. But before we do that, I just wanted to focus on Advent because I feel like this is the part that if you haven't caught that, that part of the season, if, if you've struggled to appreciate the spiritual things that make this time special when all the other magic fades away, I hope that, that these things are true for you tonight. And if, if they haven't been yet this December, may they begin tonight and tomorrow as we focus on the themes we've talked about. For example, we talked about hope for a while. And what's interesting to me, and this is just something I want you to chew on from a spiritual standpoint, that when we talk about these ideals of Advent, that on the very first day that Christ was here, the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, these themes were present in the announcements and the celebration of that day. And yet you fast forward 33 years later to the very last day of the life of Christ, before he would be crucified and then, of course, he would rise again, and then he was going away. But on the first and last day of his life, the day of his birth and the, the, the night before his death, he once again talked about all the ideals mentioned in Advent. He talked about all of them to his followers as they gathered together. It's interesting to different people who were announced in the beginning and then in that upper room sharing one last meal with his disciples before his passion. He talked about the same concepts. And the reason that's important today is for some of you, the, the birth story or the, the newness of Christmas may have, have, have lost some of its charm. And yet Jesus talked to people before he was going to die. And it's not such a pleasant thought. But he said these values still hold true as part of God's bigger picture. And so we, be, we begin with hope. And how that the birth of Jesus was a promise given to, to people hundreds of years and thousands of years before he showed up. The promise was given that God was sending a Savior, a Messiah, to be a Redeemer for us. To bring us back into relationship with God. And, and, and they looked forward to that. But, but for so many people, they, they lost their vision of that promise. Perhaps they lost their vision of it because time kept ticking by and at some point you're thinking, yeah, we've heard that before. You know, grandpa told that story and his grandpa told that story and I just don't know that that's going to happen after all. That's just an old tale. Or perhaps they lost the vision of that promise because they eventually turned it into something else that was politicized as being something to make, you know, to, to help Israel be free from foreign oppression and, and to make their nation as great as it once was again. And, and maybe they, through their filters and their, their lenses, they misunderstood the promise of a coming Savior. But for one reason or another, many lost track of a promise God gave and a hope he gave until one day hope was born. And that's not just a promise that they have that we celebrate at Christmas, but we fast forward those 33 years later till Jesus' last night. And as he sat there in the upper room with his disciples, he said, I'm going to give you some brand new promises that I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back again. I'm going to bring you to be with me. And whether you live to see me come back someday in future generations or whether I, you pass away first and join me, either way, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And we, we, we celebrate uh, uh, Christmas. We can remember that we have promises also. We have hope. We call it our blessed hope. 
The difference between us today hoping in the second coming of Christ from those who waited for his first coming 2,000 years ago. The difference is simple. We have the promises, but we also have the track record of God keeping his word, and we should have more confidence than ever. So this year, I hope that you have hope. If you've lost, if maybe you're facing health problems. I know there's you know, people in our church, some of you got bad news and you're so young and, and it's scary right now to find out what the doctors say next. And there are others of you who you're, you're, you've lived beyond the average age expectancy and you always wonder, will this be the last Christmas? Or perhaps, you know, you just have seen people you care about struggle. Or perhaps separation and loss in your life. People who you've cared about have passed away before you. Don't let Christmas become a downer. Let it be Christmas. Be a season of hope because we have the promises of God that he's preparing a place that will be with him one day and there'll be no more death and no more sickness and no more separation and no more leaving and no more loss and no more heartache. And what a day that will be. And that hope is something that we can celebrate no matter what else feels celebratory this Christmas. I hope that wherever you are, we have a hope in Christ. We celebrated hope and we talked about joy and joy, of course, was the concept that, that the angels came to appear to shepherds 2,000 years ago who were watching their sheep in the most mundane job in the world, doing the grind day in and day out, never-ending work that wasn't going to go away, wasn't going to be, be behind them. They were going to do that for the rest of their lives. And as they were in the grind of work and life and family and figuring it out and surviving, angels appeared with good tidings of great joy for all people. And, and, and he, they lifted their eyes above their circumstances to see on a big picture that God was doing something special in the world to bring the Savior, the Redeemer, the hope that they were given into the world that very night. And they were able to go see the baby lying in the manger, as we'll read about in a few minutes here. And as they celebrated that, they returned afterwards back to the grind. They had to go back to work. It didn't change their life. They had to continue night after night watching the sheep, figuring things out, balancing home, family, work, making a living. But for that night, they were reminded there was something bigger, and they returned with joy, rejoicing and glorifying God. Because even though in the minutia of life there was so much struggle, the big picture said God sees us and he's done something bigger for all of us for eternity and to Walk with us in life. And today I hope that if you need to find the joy, Jesus on his last night on earth spoke to his disciples and said, I want there to be great joy and no greater joy than this in you, even though I'm leaving because of what I'm here to do, to be a savior. And I hope this Christmas, if nothing else, if all the stuff that's supposed to make you happy has lost its luster, that we can come and celebrate the things of faith that God has done and that hope we discussed can give us an ability to look above the job and above the relationship struggles and above the grind and above the, the things that, that pull us down into the weeds of life day by day. And for just a little bit, if no other time, we can lift our eyes and see God's hand in, in, in the big picture and find joy. Let it be Christmas. We talked over here about, about peace and how that the shepherds were told by the angels that night, peace on earth. And we're thinking, where's the peace on earth? Missed message there. And Jesus, before he died, said to his disciples, I'm gonna die tomorrow. And again, how peaceful is that? And he told them, when I leave you, 
It's, it's going to be rough. The, the world's going to persecute you. They're gonna, you're going to find trials and struggles and troubles in this life. But he says, I say this to you to have peace in me, even though you'll have struggles in this world. And Jesus reminded them that day what the angels said that very first day, that peace is not something that we find around us. The world cannot give us peace, and the people in the world around us cannot bring us peace. Because people, will, we can't control that. We can't control others or the circumstances of our lives. And if we look to others, if we look to people or to events around us to bring us peace, we will always be frustrated and disappointed in life. And yet Jesus said, I want you to have peace in me, a peace that does not come from this world or from other people in your life. It comes from God. And as the world shakes you up and there's troubles and struggles around you, that peace is unspillable because it comes from God. In fact, he calls us to instead bring the peace he gives us into the world, to be peacemakers, not peacetakers, to bring it to work for peace, because we get it from him, and we bring it to the people around us, whether or not they bring us peace back. And for some of you, that's a big deal right now because you got people, you're gonna, you're gonna travel and see some family, or they're traveling to see you, and perhaps you have that crazy Uncle Joe in your family. No offense to Uncle Joe if he's here, I don't know. But um, you get a crazy Uncle Joe and, and you know that it's not going to be very easy because he's not going to make things peaceful. But you don't look to Uncle Joe for peace. We don't look to anyone or anything for peace. We get it from the Lord. And we take his peace and we give it to the Uncle Joes of our life. We give it to others because we get it from God. And blessed are the peacemakers. So this Christmas, whatever else is happening, I hope that in the gospel, we will find peace. And then we talked about love. Love, such a big idea. That God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that Christmas story that we celebrate is the gift, the greatest gift ever given. So that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That today God's gift of salvation is for all of us today. He, he, he offers it to you freely. And the, the faster that you believe that and just receive it, accept that truth, the more you can find all these virtues. You have hope and joy and peace in the love of God. It'll change your life. And so we celebrate his love. And as he got ready to die that night before Calvary, as he sat that last night before his death, he said to his disciples, I'm leaving you, but I want you to, just as I have loved you, I want you to go love each other. And he gave them a vision that finished an old covenant that was complete now and began a brand new covenant and a brand new walk and a brand new meaning of what it is to be a Christ follower. He said, I want you to understand my ethos. You are loved. You are loved. Now go love. Anthony talked about how we want to be for our community. We say it all the time. Our, our, our mantra here for, for far too long, the church has been known for what it's against. And we want to be known for what we're for. And we are for Cedar Lake. And we are for people. Why? Because God is for people. And, and we want to be people who love others. Not looking to others and saying, love us, love me. Not looking to my spouse or my children or my parents or my neighbors or the people in my church and say, you need to love me better. But to say, I can love you whether or not you are returning love the way I'd like. And the reason I can love you is because God loves me. I am loved and I can go love. This Christmas, if you struggle to believe that you are loved by anyone, embrace the truth that you are loved by God. And if you struggle to believe that God loves you, 
believe the words you'll say to somebody else. How many of us would tell someone else, no, 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 God loves you no matter where you've been or what you've done. No, no, God, God just loves you. How many of us tell our children that? No matter where they go and what they've done, God will love them. And yet so many of us live our lives in fear that we're not enough and God does not really love us or like us that much. But the Christian message says you're loved. Now go love. This Christmas, let it be Christmas. Let his love transform you and be passing it on to those around you. Rather than looking to others, look to God for it and pass it on. And so we've celebrated it. And that's my message today. I know I can't make the movies, the Christmas movies seem fresh and the music not get stale to some of you. And I can't make the, the, the traditions that are no longer the same feel magical. And I, I can't rekindle, and you can't rekindle perhaps, a, a fire inside of you that used to love all the festivities of the secular holiday. And I love all of the festivities, all the fun songs and the things. I love all of it. But here's the deal. In the middle of all that, there's something that we can all go home with. And that is the celebration of Advent, what Jesus came to do and to present. You can go home tonight and tomorrow, no matter where you're going home to, and celebrate the hope we have in Christ. And let that bring you joy when you look above the mundane details of your life at the big picture of what God is doing in this world for you, in you, and through you. And let his peace settle you and feel his love and celebrate. So my message is simple. If not yet this season, tonight and tomorrow, let it be Christmas everywhere. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be hope and joy and peace. And let there be love everywhere. So my hope for you today is that the message of the gospel I say it all the time, gospel means good news. We celebrate good news every single week. And if the version of Christianity you've heard in your life does not sound like good news, perhaps you've been given the wrong message because it's good news. God loves you. That's the gospel. He gave everything for you. And we celebrate the greatest gift of all. And you don't have to have a single person around you this Christmas to celebrate God's gifts and God's love or to receive them or to be grateful for them. So let it be Christmas. In just a moment here, the worship team is going to come and sing while I pray. After they're done singing a song, we're going to worship together. Afterwards, Carly's going to come and she's going to light the Christ candle. And then when she's done lighting the Christ candle, I'm going to ask you to take the candles that are in your seats and, and to turn them on. And, with the, and we're going to dim the, at that point, we're going to dim the, the stage lights, not yet. And we're going to, in the, the, just by light, we're going to read the Christmas, I'm going to read for you the Christmas story. And then we're going to sing a couple songs all together of celebration and worship. Before we do, by the way, we use fake candles. I know those are not real candles, but we used to use real candles. And then we had to clean the wax off of the backs of the chairs and the floor. So our candles are as artificial as our trees, and that's all wonderful for us. But anyhow, we'll do those in a little bit here. But let's pray together and get ready to celebrate the meaning of Christmas as people of faith, the reason for the season.